What up, world? Pass first point guard and trailblazer reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, and now also on YouTube. If you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel and you're listening to the podcast feed, please go ahead and do that. If you're watching on YouTube, smash that subscribe button. I would appreciate it. We didn't make our arbitrary goal of 2,000 subscribers by 2022, by New Year's Eve, but it's still 2022. We're still going to get there, and you're going to help. So if you haven't subscribed to the channel on YouTube, do that now and help me grow the uh, grow the audience there. I would truly appreciate it. Today's episode. It's a mailbag show. It's a special delivery mailbag. We do this each and every week, answering listener submitted questions all episode long. There are two ways to do it. If you want to get involved in a future show, you can tweet at me at Mike G. Rich on Twitter is the is is my handle. Um, it helps if you tag it or indicate it in some way that it's for mailbag. Um, that way I know you're not just tweeting at me. Um, some, some people like to share their opinions, so it's helped, helpful to know that it's for the show. Um, you can just send me a tweet and everything thinking of it, or watch my Twitter feed on uh, day of the show during the week, and I will send out a tweet soliciting questions. You respond to that tweet. I'll do my best to get you in the show, or I'll save it for a future show. I've used a bunch of... Uh, Mailbag questions, sort of larger, uh, full segments in the week. It's a great way for you to kind of share or for to share what you want to hear, what you want the show to be about. This is your show, my microphone, your show. Uh, so you know it, that's that's a great way to get involved and kind of uh, let me know what's up. What let me, let me know what you're curious about. If you're not a Twitter user, or someone who doesn't tweet, you can send me an email, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. That's lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Same deal. You can send me questions for the mailbag or just you know topics you might want me to cover, questions for future guests, all those things. Um, that's that's the email addresses the best way to sort of um get get in touch with me i will i i'm pretty good about responding to emails so hit me up there if you want to do that that's that's the two ways to get involved like i said we do this each and every week typically on mondays mailbag monday and i post it on tuesdays today i'm recording it on tuesday nights a special delivery mailbag this is your january 5th wednesday january 5th show without further ado let's get into it our first question comes from marcus lake at indoor fiend on twitter who asks is it time to admit we're tanking jennifer Tyler Cornwall at Tyler Cornwall 31 asked a similar question on Twitter. Uh, we are about one month from the trade deadline. How long do you think interim GM Joe Cronin gives it before making the call on what direction we're taking the team for the remainder of the season? The T word is a big one. That tanking word is a big one. The difference in tanking for the Blazers is Damian Lillard's availability. Damian Lillard did not play Monday night. He's not going to play Wednesday night. And the difference in just being a bad basketball team and tanking is whether the Blazers continue to try to trot Damian Lillard out there. Prior to Monday's game, I asked Chauncey Billups, you know, is this a multi-game thing with Dame? Is this is this a, a week-long thing with Dame? You know, he rested for about 10 days last time, got a cortisone shot, tried to get his body right, looked a lot better, and then obviously had to go back uh, and take some time off. And I speculated, and this was in yesterday's show, that um, just the mere fact that Damian Lord was not playing in that game suggests that the inevitable is is coming that he that he will be shut down and they will have um, he will have surgery and 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 that's the direction they'll go like um, it's not a guarantee by any means but like that's it just all of all of all of the sort of big neon arrows are pointing in that direction right like. He, he took 10 days off. He tried to get his body right. It didn't work. He's now taking more time off for a team that's 14 and 22. They're just like straight up not good. Um, they're very bad without Damian Lord, but they're just like not, they're having him a good with him because he's, he's just not right. He's not himself. Um, and, you know, he's he's now officially going to be out for Wednesday's game, uh, first reported by Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports and then later confirmed by the team a couple minutes later. Um, it was, so the difference in, in sort of tanking and and being normal bad or whatever they are like just being a bad team by virtue of um by virtue of of not having enough talent is intentionality and the big difference for me would be whether they decide to shut Damon Lord down or not 
Dame will have a big say in that. I assume um, that he will want to try to play some point in January prior to the All-Star game. I, I imagine making the All-Star team matters to Dame. Um, so the the coach voting for All-Stars probably happens like the last week of January. Is probably, it was roughly how I would guess. I don't know the, the exact timeline, but like the final final weekend of January is, is sort of typically timing-wise how, how they would do coach voting. Dame isn't going to start the All-Star game. He would get in put in by the coaches. So... Perhaps they delay it for that long, but at practice tonight, I'm recording this on uh, Tuesday, January 4th. This is Wednesday, January 5th show here on uh, your daily podcast covering the Portland Trailblazers. Um, Tuesday night's practice, Chauncey told reporters there that um, they were going to consider shutting. They would have a, not considered, sorry, that they would have a conversation about all of the options, including shutting Dame down and then having that be an extended absence. And, and obviously, um, obviously, uh, you, you could imagine that a surgery would follow to get his abdominal muscles correct. So, so the answer to your question here is that the difference in tanking is whether Dame plays or not. Because if he doesn't play and they're just normal bad, this is just a bad team. Teams are bad all the time. But like capital T tanking to me means intentionally losing, um, and intentionally like, you know, being, be, maybe not being as bad as possible, but valuing de- future development and the future health of the franchise over wins. And if they shut Dame down, that's what they're doing. Um, I'm not like anti-tanking. This, <laughs> I'm certainly not that. Um, I, I would prefer to watch a competitive basketball team, but um, there's like reasonable, there's a very reasonable case to be made that they should go ahead and tank. So the question like, the Blazers will admit they're tanking when they shut Dame down. And how long do you give it? I'd say you give it to the end of January. Um, it's kind of why I highlighted earlier in the week on Monday's show, highlighted how big, how sort of big and brutal this January month was. And it got worse because they added the the Brooklyn Nets game in there uh, next week. So a month, like a, a month, you give it until leading up to the trade deadline. And I, I think the Blazers may make trades that signal, you know, in the next couple weeks, even in the next couple days, I think trade, trade season is upon us. Like, um, that signal otherwise, um, I, I don't think they're going to trade CJ McCollum first, but I think he, trading him is certainly on the table. I think you see Rocco get traded, you see Nurk get traded, and you see CJ McCollum get traded. Maybe they might hold on to CJ depending on if if they can't get back what they need. Um, they don't have to trade CJ before the deadline. They do have to probably trade Nurk and uh, Rocco, and the returns on those trades will suggest the direction. Um, but this team's bad. I think they... I think they pull in. I think they lean into the skid. I think they absolutely lean into the skid. I think this. I think the big T word, capital T tanking. We, when we get to February, we will be able to freely admit that's what's happening. And I think over the next three, three and a half weeks, we will see signs that point in that direction. And the biggest sign is Damon Lillard's health, his availability, and the decision on what his future is. Uh, do the Blazers want to chase it, or do they want to? kind of admit what it is is that this team isn't isn't going to get near what their goal their preseason goals were preseason expectations were and building for next season is now significantly more important let's come back in that second segment and talk more answer more of your questions this is a glorious mailbag monday but first let me tell you all about true bill it's the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need you don't want or just that you forgot about on average people save up to 720 dollars a year with true bill Companies make it hard to cancel subscriptions, so Truebill is here to make it incredibly simple. You link your accounts on on Truebill, and they will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. If it's more than one tap, you're paying for a service, so someone else does the tap for you. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped them save $100 
hundred million dollars. Like me, you're a, you're a, you're a trusted neighborhood podcaster who used Truebill to quickly get an eyeball on all of my digital subscriptions under 10 minutes. I went to Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. I was looking on the app right there on my phone at all my digital subscriptions. Super fast, super easy. Start canceling today. Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. You can go right now. Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA could save you thousands a year. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right. Let's keep it rolling on this glorious Mailbag Monday. Our next question comes from Logan Gillis at Logan Gillis on Twitter who asks, let's say prior to the deadline, Dame asks out and the front office decides to blow the whole thing up. What kind of pile of picks could they get back in total? And Adam asks, Dame quietly demands a trade and you pass first point guard Mike G. Rich, Mike G. Rich is given the reins as the GM. What do you do? These So these questions, uh, Logan did not give me the reins. So Logan, come on, dog. Uh, but Adam gave me the reins. So let's let's talk about this. I also Ed was did a little editorializing here. Logan pr- uh, proposed a larger blow up. Like you trade Dame, you trade CJ, you trade Nurk, you trade Nance, you trade Norm. Like you truly blow it up and you just keep Ant and Nas. I think that's a question for another day, quite frankly. Um, let's just talk about what a Dame trade would look like or what they would want. Um, First of all, I am not in the trade Dame camp yet. Um, I know that some, some smart people are. Um, I've seen, I've seen, I've certainly seen, um, you know, people who cover the league and uh, national reporters cover the league who I, who I respect and think are smart say it's time, say it's time. Just, just pull the bandaid off. Um, This era of the Blazers is done. I, um, I don't see the NBA basketball as a zero-sum game. I mean, it, the, the, literally the games are, right? Like one team wins and one team loses. But like, I think you can have a successful season that doesn't include winning a championship. And I think that there's a human element to what Damian Lillard provides to this franchise that I, would, um, I wouldn't want to pull the plug on now after he was one of the 10 best players in the league last year. He had a shitty season and you say it's over. Um, that's not where I'm at. I'm not, I'm not there. Um, but I think there's a reasonable case to be made to say Damian Lillard's 31 years old. You, you kind of, the, this, a decade of Dame produced, produced a lot of positive results, but not the ultimate one. And if you want to, you know, why wait? Um, I, why wait? Because I, I think you can, I think you can just, as long as you don't give, give Dame a, two-year, $100 million extension this summer, you can revisit this in July and August and next February and not be in too worse of a place. Like, I don't think it, it, I don't think it gets like significantly worse if you keep, if you keep Dame around for another year and try it one more time. Um, Also just like respect to a dude who's meant so much to the franchise. Um, I don't think at the first sign of things going south that you, that he's the one you bail on. I do recognize, though, the sort of like strategic value in going ahead and doing that. You get the most for Dame. And that's kind of the question here, right? It's like, how much do you get for Dame? I don't think you, um, I don't think you consider trading Damian Lillard right now for less than the asking price that was the James Harden deal. So that's, you know, uh, four picks, three pick swaps, uh, a Jared Allen level player who I think is just a fantastic young center. Um, and, a Karis Levert, like a pretty darn good starting quality wing. Um, so that would be two starters, four draft picks, and the right to swap others. That's the asking price I would ask for Dame. Um, because why I mentioned, like, I don't see it as a zero-sum game. Like, I again, like, I don't think the teardown has to be... Um, 
it doesn't have to be OKC level proportions where you get like really awful and try to build up with like five straight years of, of first round picks. Like I think you can, I think you can get to the middle and get back to being an okay playoff team. Like it's just, it's just so hard as a non-glamour market to get all the way bad and build up because not only do you have to get the draft picks right, a very hard thing to do, you then have to time it right. So you're paying them all and the draft picks that you do get right sort of grow together and, and fit together and don't, um, and that the, the sort of timing of the money works. And in non-glamour markets, it's going to be very, very hard to add free agents to sort of complement those picks. So you really are only only sort of giving yourself a puncher's chance to be competitive by getting getting the picks right and then making trades, using those picks to get trades. We'll see what OKC does. I'm a little skeptical that they ever get themselves to sort of like championship level. Uh, they have a bunch of nice young players and an absolute boatload of picks. So they'll get to sort of, um, I don't know, prove me wrong, prove me right. Um, t- t- test my skepticism is maybe the best way to say that. But like, the package I would want for Damian Lord is like, I want NBA players. I want, like, if you could get a Shea Gilgis Alexander like OKC did, hell yeah. He's a star in the league, right? Like, he might make the All-Star team this year. He's excellent. Um, but I, I want NBA players. Like, I want, for me, my sort of strategy, if I'm Heather Reigns of the GM, is like, I want I want a Jared Allen. I want someone who's like, oh, this dude's good right now. We can, we can, we have something cooking here. We can be okay. Um, you know, Cleveland was in a different spot, right? When they, when they got in, in that multi-trade, de- multi-team trade, um, multi-team deal to, to get Jared Allen in the James Harden trade. But like, if you assume that the Blazers get most of the positive assets in a Dame trade or like most of the, they get in addition to all the pick assets, they would get some player assets. I want players. I want NBA players. Um, I am of the belief that players win and picks don't win. Um, particularly for, again, not for non-glamour markets. It's just so hard. Um, you want talent on the roster, not the, not, not the sort of like potential to get talent. That said, smarter people than me, um, sort of like more cold-hearted tacticians than I am, the, the Nate Duncan and Kevin Pelton, two guys I respect who are super smart, heavily disagree with me there um they want the picks they want um they want to use a a nate term like bites at the apple right um that's not you're giving me the reins um adam gave me the reins so that's not my approach but what i would you know if you're not doing if you're not tearing it down to the absolute studs if you're just trading damon and going from there i think you you have to trade cj etc etc like there is no dame trade that isn't an aggressive rebuild but um, for the rebuild starting place I want, I want NBA players. I don't want um, teenagers to lose and lose and lose and lose. I think you can lose just fine with a Karis, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen core, but then you have some NBA guys to kind of, if you get your draft picks right and they're contributors, hop back into the playoffs right away, put yourself in a position where you're one move away, two moves away, not a seven-year plan. That Nothing works in the NBA over a seven-year window. Like, just look back to 2014. You know, his best team in the NBA in 2014 was the Spurs. It's like, and LeBron James played for the Heat and blah, blah, blah. It's like, seven-year timeline is too long. Um, the greatest NBA dynasty of, um, you know, maybe ever and certainly of the, of the last 20 years, the Golden State Warriors lasted for five seasons and they're back again as a championship-level team. But like um, that core, that dominant, dominant core was like a very, very brief window. And it was like even, you know, it's it, what I'm saying is we don't need to go into all the details of every past champion. It's like, 
your window is always small. So give me NBA players that can maximize that window. And if they don't work, you reset the window. And it's again, small. It's a, it's another three years. Um, acting like you have five, seven, 10 year windows is ludicrous. It's ludicrous. It's not how the league works. Um, it's just, it's outrageous. It's not how players' bodies works. So if I were to trade Dame, give me NBA players, a whole boatload of picks in NBA players, nothing short of the James Harden package. I'm hanging up the phone if that's not what I hear. Let's come back in the third segment and answer more of your questions. We've been thematic in these first two. Let's get a little, uh, let's bounce around a little bit to close out the show. But before we do that, let's talk about Bill Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Um, there's no trick. Uh, Bill Bar sent me a, a box of Bill Bars probably two and a half years ago. And I said, great, thanks for the product. This is really kind that an advertiser would send us products. Like they'd send us, send us some stuff. That's cool. Then I ate them and I said, oh, these rock. And since then, I have been using my money to regularly purchase Bilt Bars. Uh, protein bars that have 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and no more than 5 grams of net carbs. They come in great flavors. My personal favorites are peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream, but you'll you'll find whatever you're looking for, you'll find something. Plus, they got new flavors all the time. So if you check Bilt.com, you'll see limited time flavors. Find out what you like. Order more from there. So check it out. Bilt.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Today's show is also brought to you by betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. If you're looking to bet on the college football championship game, you can do that. If you're looking to bet on the NFL playoffs, you can do that. If you're going to bet on the NBA's regular season, you can do that. Hockey, soccer, combat sports, you want to play your favorite Vegas casino games, all available on betonline.ag. So head on over there today, your mobile device or on your desktop and put in the promo code locked on. You will get a 50% welcome bonus when you're making your first deposit. It's betonline.ag where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond, still listen to Locked on Blazers. We're still cruising through this glorious special delivery mailbag. I may have already called it a mailbag Monday in this episode, but that's because I don't know what day of the week it is. It's a Tuesday special delivery mailbag. This is your January 5th episode. I'll remind myself and you, dear listener, one more time. Our next question comes from Rip City Limits at Rip City Limits on Twitter, who asks, Norman Powell's trade restriction drops off on January 15th. Do you think they... That is... That's not a collective pronoun, Rip City. That is, that's bold. Do you think they could possibly be looking into something involving him in a trade? Maybe teams have asked about him. His contract is a bit more team-friendly, and he has been one of the more consistent players this season. I absolutely think Norman Powell could be traded. Um, just because if they're doing, if they're trying to sort of maximize value and like get as, get as good as possible for the upcoming next two seasons, which I believe they will, they're going to keep Damon Lord on the roster. They're going to try to maximize their value. Um, Norm is good. Uh, other teams could use Norm. Like he, he could help. Um, he can really, really score. Um, he's not a particularly, he's not a really high level defender, but he's a competitive one. Um, particularly when he guards people, his size, uh, he's, you know, he could help. And, uh, he's got four years remaining at about 18 and a half, 19 million per, uh, for the remainder of the deal. That, that's a lot of Norman Powell, but if for a team that's like really going for it, that's, um, I could see themselves, I could see a team talking themselves into it. And it's just an easier contract to trade at 19 million versus CJ McCollum for 30 million for relatively comparable players. Like CJ McCollum is better than Norm, but um, 
for is he 12 million dollars is he one full rotation player better than better than like you know a whole nother contract slot better than norm probably not um so like yeah i i, I absolutely 100 percent believe that norm could be um could be dealt i he's certainly not untouchable um i like norm i'm a fan of norman powell but absolutely not untouchable there's just um y'all know what it is uh and january 15th is 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 uh, is the date so he will not um be traded prior to that um so look for it in the next 10 days whether um norm's on the market i think there's a very real possibility norm could be traded as rip city limits outlines there it's just um it could happen next question comes from mapquest malnati at malnati on twitter who asks is there any credence to the thought that Anthony Simons needs a larger role, i.e. starting to reach the next level of his development? Last night's game and his previous career highs for points came when he was the primary option for much of the game. Every player is going to be better with the ball in their hands in a whole bunch of minutes. You give a guy like a shit ton of minutes and a shit ton of shots, they're going to score more points. Um, the 37 he had in, in 48 minutes against the Kings is like, it was a wild game, but um, in terms of like efficiency, it's not... Um, it hurt his per 36 minute numbers. Like it was worse. He was worse because of it. Um, yeah. And last night he was really, 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 really good. And he got, he played 40 minutes or 39 minutes and he got the ball in his hands and he got to make the decisions. Um, but I do not think that Anthony Simon's problem has with the Blazers has been opportunity at all, at all, at all, at all, at all. I, in fact, I think he was pushed into the, into the, he was pushed into an opportunity that he wasn't capable of, uh, three seasons ago his second season in the league they they carved out a spot for him to be um you know the backup shooting guard backup point guard and he was not capable of it uh the following year he had a slightly uh, reduced role and but he still played regular 20 minutes a night he's playing more than 20 minutes a night now like opportunity has not been ant's problem i will say this if he was the third guard and not the fourth guard i think he could you could maximize his talents um that's the balance of the roster, right? That's the desperate need to balance the roster. It's not to like, it's not because you need to give Ant 36 minutes. It's because you need to have the option to give Ant 36 minutes. And if you have Dame and Norm and CJ, that's not even on the table. Like you just can't play Ant that many minutes because you can't go small for that many minutes. I mean, they've tried it. It's not a good idea. They're a bad team because of it in many ways because their four best offensive players are all the same size and all under 6'4". Um, Ant probably needs a bigger role and a more consistent role, but I don't think his development has been like his development has been boosted by them giving him a, a massive role. Um, and in December, when he had this massive role without CJ out, he really struggled. Um, it's not always, you know, your development isn't linear and isn't obvious all, always like that. Um, Ant took advantage of having a, having a bunch of opportunity on Monday evening. He'll get another chance with no Damon, no CJ on, on Wednesday evening. Um, you'd love to see him continue to take those big steps. I think he's a, I think he's an NBA starter. Like I, I project him as a long-term NBA starter. Um, but I don't think, I think he's being held back as not being the third guy as opposed to not being the second guy or the top guy. I don't, I don't, I don't totally buy that one. Malnati. Next question comes from Jared Cowley. That's at Jared Cowley on Twitter. Jared asks, why aren't Anthony Simons and Nazir Little better defenders? They both have the physical tools, length, athleticism, strength to defend well, but at least according to all NBA metrics, and I would add your eyeballs, Jared, at least according to all NBA metrics, they remain poor defensive players. Is it age, inexperience, something else? Um, I think, and this is a me thing, it's a Mike Richmond thing. Um, I think we get confused about what what defense is um 
It's a skill. It's a skill like shooting and passing and dribbling. Um, some guys aren't good at it and they have to develop that skill uh, too much. It's like a high school basketball thing to be like, defense is all energy and effort. That's that's hogwash. Uh, if it was all energy and effort, every player in the league would be capable of being a high-level defender. It's a skill thing. Um, they don't have the skill of it. Nazir Little is obviously way, 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 way closer than Ants to having that skill. And in fact, when the ball is in front of Nazir, I think he's a good defensive player. Uh, when the ball, when it's his man in the ball one-on-one, I think he can, I think like he's, you could even call him like an above average defensive player. It's the team concept. It's the helping, it's the navigating screens, it's the navigating switches where Nas looks lost. And sometimes he'll be a step slow in those decisions, step slow processing that, and then he'll get beat off the dribble. And you're like, oh, he got beat. But, um, I think about the Bulls game. There was a home game a month or so ago. I don't know how time works in the NBA, but the Blazers won that game against the Bulls at the buzzer. Big comeback, great game. Great, one of the best wins of the season. Uh, it's a short list, but certainly that's top three, at least. Um, but, you know, the the Bulls are coming down with 30 seconds left and uh, DeMar DeRozan gets it in the sort of mid-post his, his, in his office in the mid-range trying to operate. And Nas stood him up. Like Nas stood him up, great defense, great pressure on the shot, um, really good defense. Then the Bulls come down, have a chance to tie, and Nas is supposed to guard Zach Levine off the ball, totally gets caught up in the screen, gives up a wide open three. That's that's the difference. What If the ball's right in front of him, Nas is really good, sort of navigating the team concept, navigating um, the sort of larger space of the floor Nas can get uh, a little bit lost. I think he has the tools to become a pretty good defender. He's not that right now, um, and some of that is just developing feel and defensive IQ um, and developing the skill of being a good defense and defending in, in within the team's plan, he'll get there. Ant, I'm not so sure about. You mentioned strength. I don't really think Ant is strong enough to guard in the league right now. He's definitely stronger than he's ever been, but um, he still gets overpowered. Um, he doesn't always get his, his feet and his hips in front of people. He spends a lot of time reaching. Um, he, he, sometimes he'll use his athleticism to recover, but he doesn't use that athleticism to sort of stay in front in the first place. Um, he's just not a very good defensive player. It's It's... It's hard to defend as a guard in the league, um, and he's not particularly good at it. Um, he is long and big. I think he could definitely improve, and I think he has improved a little bit on defense. Um, but there are times when he just gets beaten straight line drives. Um, Chauncey Billups talked about it after the game that he's seen kind of Ant be up and down on defense. I think Ant's been mostly down on defense. I think he's just not very good at it. Um, he's good at the most valuable thing, which is scoring. Let's worry about him being a consistent high-level scorer. Um, having more nights, more nights like Monday, less months like December, and then we'll sort of start checking the other boxes. But the like the simple answer to your question is that they lack the skill of defense, the way that other guys lack the skill of ball handling. Like defense is a skill; it's not an effort thing. Although there is a level of effort and energy required to be a good defender, the sort of why people are folks are good at it is because of the skill the skill that there is uh, to play defense. I think um, don't, don't let your high school basketball coaches confuse you. Playing defense in the NBA is a skill thing. Uh, next question comes from Matthew at Reverend Romulus, who asks, next season, are the Blazers more likely at this point to have a second all-star on the team or the rookie of the year? My pessimism says rookie of the year, but it would be absurd for the team not to make one last big effort to give Dame a real running mate, right? Abso-friggin-lutely. Um, I'm with you. I am with you, Rev. Um, the problem is 
trading for another all-star is going to be really difficult. Acquiring another all-star via whatever method is going to be really difficult. Um, they just don't have the assets. Um, some of the some of the stuff, like, you know, Damon Lowe got pretty upset uh, a couple weeks ago about um, Jason Quick suggesting that the, every option should be on the table because the, the Blazers should consider trading Dame. Dame was offended by that. And without litigating that he was right to be offended about pretty much whatever he wants to be offended about but like the reason that that's on the table is because the the previous regime neil Osh, he blew it he blew it he put them in a place where they have very few paths to improving um the reason that you have to consider the path of blowing it up and trading dame what we talked about to open the show is because they don't have a lot of other paths to get good um you're not trading CJ McCollum for an all-star, although the Blazers are going to probably have a really high asking price for CJ because the what, whoever, whomever they, they were to acquire in a CJ McCollum trade kind of has to be the second best player on their team. That's like how the roster is constructed, right? Um, unless you're a big Norman Ant believer. And I'm, I'm to me, those are third and fourth best types. Um, like, so the asking price is going to be high for CJ. I don't think you're getting that back. And I don't think you're trading CJ for a dude who's going to make an all-star team. That that seems unlikely to me. Um, I think it's much more likely the Blazers lean into the skid and tank and end up with the fifth pick in the NBA draft or whatever, seventh pick in the NBA draft and draft the rookie of the year. Um, is it likely that they nail a draft pick that cleanly and get the rookie of the year? No, but I think it's... Like, if you're asking me to pick this hypothetical, I think it is more likely that next season they have the rookie of the year on the roster because they tank and pick in the top 10 than that they than they acquire a second all-star to pair alongside Dame. For me, more fun if they if they acquire that second all-star. I'm not a big NBA draft guy. Um, I love basketball, so, like, I will be excited about whatever rookies, but I don't... Some people get amped up about the draft. That's not me. I... Give me adults. I'm the LeBron James of podcasters. I don't. I don't believe in young players. I want to see adults. Um, although I literally recording this podcast, I just watched John Morant and Evan Mobley, and I said, "Oh, these guys are so fun." Um, so I can be easily convinced once they make the league. Um, so, uh, but but I think like to answer your question, Rev, and thank you for getting back on these wonderful hypotheticals. You're an all-time great hypothetical asker. Um, you're the Damian Lord of hypothetical askers, um, of hypothetical question posers, I think is what I should call you. Um, truly an all-time great, underappreciated at your craft. But I think it's much more likely the Blazers have the rookie of the year on the roster. I'm with you in your pessimism. You know how I roll as opposed to second all-star. But come on, do it. Get a second all-star. It'll be more fun. That is going to do it for today's show. That is that is your um, special delivery mailbag. If you want to get involved in a future one, at Mike G. Rich on Twitter or LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. Uh, tomorrow, or t- tonight, when you're listening to this, this is, again, Wednesday's episode, uh, Blazers play the Heat. Heat are have 10 guys on the injury list and not going to have Jimmy Butler or, or Bam Adebayo or Duncan Robinson. Um, the Blazers aren't going to have Damon Lord, not going to have CJ McCollum. Cody Zeller isn't back. Some of the Blazers are going to play some of the Heat plus some 10-day ten, ten guys. Um, we'll have a recap of that show on Thursday. Uh, we've got a uh, special guest joining us on uh, for for Friday's show. We're going to have uh, Jason Quick joining. I believe Jason's going to be on Thursday's show, but we'll see how we swing it. But fun shows the rest of the week. Uh, then Blazers play a couple more home games on Friday and Sunday. So, um five two more shows this week and five every day of the week free wherever you get podcasts and also on youtube so tell your friends about the show tell them they can get it wherever they get podcasts and also on youtube appreciate you listening talk to you soon